0: So this feels so normal. We've got the fires and everybody's here and it just feels jovial. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. Okay, remember you're staying six feet apart. (laughs) We're staying together and yet apart. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is stressful. I'm supposed to help the kids maintain this six feet protocol and I'm just like, and it's so not part of their nature. I mean, it's so not normal. Not too close, truly. Mary. will you tell him? stay, to, stay to, wait. wait. Ari, stay <laughs> away from to, everybody. Truly, if she starts walking towards you, back up Ari. You have got to like keep your distance from people. I keep telling them. I'm trying not to get like frustrated because I don't want to ruin the experience for everybody, but. I'm the one chasing the kids. That's what I thought was gonna happen, so. I'm trying, Robin, I'm trying. Ariel is only four years old. She gets to be with Solomon all the time. The two of them are out here, and then there's Truly who she has to stay away from, and then I have to be away from them as well. That's just not normal kid behavior, so I'm sure it's kind of difficult for him. (laughs) I know you want to play, but you guys have to stay distant from each other. I'm trying. I'm just this big jerk. Stay away from each other. You're brothers and sisters and you love each other, but don't touch each other. I, I'm trying as hard as I can yeah, to follow the, the rules, okay?
1: I, I am really aware that you're doing that. I, okay. I'm supposed to be helping you and I kind of checked out. <laughs>
0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine, with me, Kara Berry, Sister Wives Edition. We're back, Season 16, Episode 2. I personally loved this episode. It gave me everything and nothing at the same time. So let's get into it with the absolute most unwell opening scene I've seen in quite some time, and I'm not even talking about Sister Wives, I'm talking about... On every show. And I just watched like two episodes of Jen Shaw get arrested at Real Housewives in Salt Lake City. Even this may take the cake. Cody is in Janelle's uh, garage doing squats and listening to Canon Indy. <laughs> oh, excuse like just blasting from his headphones I could not believe it. Now, I knew that this was his favorite song, but I didn't know that it was his favorite song like that. So Janelle comes out to the garage and she's like, what are you listening to? He's like, oh, you know, Pachelbel. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, right, that, okay. So Cody says in an interview, I listen to anything that will motivate me, and today I'm listening to Bell because I want to lift... And I want to sort of be in a serene place. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's so weird. Uh, I can't stand this, man. Janelle is on a completely different vibe. And she says that she likes to listen to, like, German industrial music, which I knew because shout out to my friends, Kara and Marie, they had gotten a cameo from Janelle last year, I want to say, and they blessed me by sending me a link of this in which she said that she does like to work out to German industrial music, specifically Rammstein. So next time your you know, your shuffle comes up with Duhast. Think of Janelle Brown. (laughs) Cause that's the first person that comes to mind for me. Janelle really is a triple threat. She's like, you know, bottle blonde, German industrial music, enthusiast, um gardener, you know, she contains multitudes and you can never take a woman like that down. Just her for all of your reference or whatever. Um so um then she also says that she kinda likes to listen to like older rap like Eminem, also not surprising. Then here comes Robin the fucking nerd in her interview saying you know uh, when we were in Las Vegas, Janelle went to several rock concerts and she wore black t-shirts and heavy makeup and stuff." You fucking dork. Like, you know what? You were talking last week about how you, like, didn't have friends in high school. And it was because your daddy was out here um, having multiple wives. But no, I think it's probably just because you're a nerd. You're a nerd who at your big age is, like, scandalized by the fact that uh, Janelle dares to listen to rock music and wear black t-shirts. Oh, the horror. She's a grown-ass woman, Robin. Get yourself together. Not all of us want to shop at fucking the 70% off rack at Catherine's, okay? And here's another thing. Why did they not show this during the Las Vegas seasons? Did I miss something? Did I miss a season in which this happened? Because admittedly, I have not seen every season of Sister Wives. I think I, like, dipped out... After they moved to Vegas and I kind of came back in during the catfishing era. So I have some blind spots, I have to admit. So if I missed like the point where Janelle revealed herself to be Daria's best friend, Jane Lane point me in the right direction because I'm going to sit in front of my television immediately and watch that. Janelle even explains that she has a uniform when she goes to these rock concerts, Robin. She wears like some snakeskin leggings and a ratty black t-shirt and some, yeah, some heavy makeup. That really, that's iconic. That's truly iconic information. So Janelle tells Cody that she wants to have a barbecue on Coyote Pass because Hunter has to go back to do G.I. Joe stuff. And so he wants to say goodbye to the family. And Cody tells Janelle that he's going to have to get everybody on board at first because they have different ideas of what social distancing is and how they should be treating this during the pandemic. And in a confessional, Cody says he's still doing his thing in which he thinks that it's lessening the transmission of Uh, exposing his family by being the one person to travel amongst all these 18 people Um, you know something that really only makes sense to him but they keep acting like Cody's on the main line with his doctor at all times and that he's giving him advice but you know is this like a Dr. Nick from the Simpsons situation I don't know Janelle says that at this point it's been five months. So we're probably August at this point and that the family really needs to figure out a way to get back together because she doesn't think that they can last this long without seeing each other. But then she corrects herself and says, well, we could, but like, I just don't know how our family's going to do. Somehow the idea of doing fire pits comes up and having four fire pits, one for each wife, but then Cody Like, what are we even doing here, you guys? What are we even doing here? Cody says that instead of doing four fires, that he figures that's going to spread them out too far. (laughs) So instead... He's just going to cut Mary out completely, do a triangulated three fire pit situation, and then Mary can just figure out wherever the fuck she fits in, somewhere out in the orbit. I don't care. Just leave her out to pastures. (laughs) Just like do the Inuit tradition of just like float her out on that pond with no water in it, just like on a shelf of ice and just see what happens. You know, she's going to fend for herself at this point. He is just like, dog... Come on, (laughs) like if this is not like a perfect analogy for the state of this family, I truly don't know what is unbelievable. So then they try to figure out whether or not people should wear masks at this event. And Cody's like, well, I'm going to have to figure it out because I kind of figure on top of social distancing, if I ask some like certain family members to wear masks as well, that they might, in his words, get stupid with him. So then Janelle says that in a confessional, I follow state guidelines, local guidelines. I'm on the CDC website. I'm doing everything that I think I'm supposed to be doing. But, you know, Cody and Robin have additional guidelines that they follow. And it's basically just so black and white with them that they don't bend on anything. (laughs) Like, (laughs) are, are any of you surprised? Are any of you even the slightest bit surprised that basically Cody, I mean, just say it. Why don't they just go on this camera and sit us right. Just put your eyes right down that lens and say, Cody Brown is living with Robin. They live as a one monogamous family. Okay. Sometimes he sees Janelle because he wants to have a, a conversation with somebody who can finish the sentence without crying. So he gets that from her. He and Christine are in shambles and we don't even have to talk about the other one. Okay. Like why, why are we even doing this? So yeah, it seems like everybody who is slightly invested in the rest of the family is just going by whatever Cody and Robin are doing and it's pissing them off. And here we are, here we are family culture. Then here comes Mary in this, like, brown and black Fonzie for Forever 21 jacket, continuing her audition to be the headliner of the sad sack comedy tour. And she's saying that Cody's coming over. So she's introducing the scene of Cody coming over to talk with her. And she doesn't know why he's coming over, but she doesn't care. Because the fact that he's coming over and talking to her at all is enough for her. And then she starts to laugh. Oh, God. Okay. Um, So they're about, at this point, a few months away from their disaster of a 30th anniversary in which Cody got them, what, salads or something and then made them drive what felt like hours to this patch of dirt, which the only uh, view that we could see was, like, of the Shell Station a quarter of a mile away, to tell... Mary all along every mile that passes how not invested he is in this relationship and in her and her participation in the family. And she's saying things like, uh, you know, I, I am expecting you to chase me. And he's like, you know, I'm not here. Okay. Not happening. She says, I'm waiting for you. And he says, I'm not coming. You know, he's not coming. His shoes are by the door. His pants are off. He's sitting in the chair that has like his specialized butt imprint in it. He's kicked up. He's listening to Canon and D just blasting it through his iPhone. He's not coming, girl. He's not coming, not coming with you. It's not coming for you. It's not coming in you. Those days are over girl. But anyway, um, Mary finally addresses the elephant in the room and says, listen, many people have reached out to me. They've asked me why I'm still in this family because he doesn't love you. You're just brainwashed. You think that this is what's going to give you and he- get you in heaven, girl. <laughs> like She's laying on all the hits, all the things that have crossed our mind. Why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you stay? And so Mary says, well, I'm here because it's my family. Because I have a confirmation from God that this is where I was meant to be and that this is a conscious choice that I'm making. You could have just said the last part and left the other two out of it because we're not going to get an explanation, okay? Just, just say the last part and we can keep it moving. So then Cody makes a point to mention in this interview. So they're sitting socially distanced in her front porch area. Oddly, he makes a point in the interview to say that they initially started the conversation six feet apart. But then they realized because Mary has been so uh, good about uh, quarantining herself, meaning she doesn't have any friends and nobody comes over there. um, And also he probably texted Robin or Robin texted. Let's be real. Robin texted him and said, you know, Mary's made it clear that she's been very good about social distancing for the past two weeks so if you want to go sit a little bit closer to her maybe you should so then when we cut back to what i guess is them supposed to be closer they're like five feet eight inches away like there was no difference in them being any closer to each other so sad why even bring it up (laughs) Surprisingly, Cody is actually here to consult with her about Christine wanting to move to Utah, probably because the producers made him. Um, And then he says a series of confusing things back to back. First, he tells Mary that when Christine brought up the idea of moving to Utah, he was trying to be stoic with her. But then he was all gung ho about it because he always saw himself retiring in St. George. But then he started to think about the reality of it, Robin, and the idea started to become pretty crazy to him. So then why does he keep telling everybody that he still wants to move there? If it's still crazy, like pick a wall, pick a wall, pick a lane, stay there. You can't say like, you're trying to gauge people's reactions. You don't want to move to Utah, but you actually do want to move to Utah, but you actually don't, but you still do, but you also don't. And I want to encourage Christine while also knowing that nobody else wants to do this and she doesn't have a, you know, a, ice cubes chance in hell in getting this whole family to move but i'm gonna ma- embarrass her make her feel bad and cry while everybody tells her that their dreams that she has in her mind are shattered but then also tell her and everybody else that i actually do want to move there i don't understand what is he doing he's being himself i gotta stop asking questions about why cody brown is the way he is you know it's really a waste of time <laughs> Anyway, Cody tells Mary that he just wants to gauge everybody's reactions because he already spoke to his actual wives and now he's just going for everybody else. Um, So he wants to talk about Christine's feelings. And again, in a confessional, Mary says, hold on, can we just address the fact that he says that he wanted to talk to me? I don't even care what it's about. Just the fact that he wanted to talk to me is big. So whatever he's saying, I'm there. (laughs) Mary, stop. Mary, please. Please. You're killing me. You're hurting me. (laughs) Uncle, please. I I can't do this. I can't do this anymore, girl. (sighs) So then Mary tells Cody, you know, when we were on Coyote Pass talking about it, you were on board with it. And then he's like, eh. He kind of waffles in his answer on whether or not he agrees with that. And then Mary says, you were on board with it, but you shut her down. So she's finally the first one who seems to be putting two and two together here. And then Cody says, well, I did shut her down. But then I realized I was being a total jack wagon. (laughs) Mary finally is, like I said, the only person to put this all together. And she says, so I see you actually do want to move there more than I thought. No wonder Christine got so upset. Thank you. Because he's been telling her things and then embarrassing her and breaking her heart. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for that. And then she says, nobody likes it when Cody goes jack wagon. (laughs) Apparently jack wagon is just like an asshole, just a jerk. Cody has to explain that to us. But anyway, uh, Mary asks Cody again, if he really wants to move back to Utah. And he's like, no, not really because you can't beat Black Flagstaff. And then he says, not only are we kind of like forming roots now there, now they're stuck in Flagstaff essentially. And then he tells Mary, he doesn't know if it's his midlife crisis or what but our world is just so affected by the thoughts and feelings of every other member of this family no cody this is not a midlife crisis the midlife crisis is the fact that you won't let go of those just gnarled edges that you call hair it's just just weathered bits of protein hanging off of your skull That's a midlife crisis. The fact that you keep uh, insisting on being in uh, Miata after Chrysler, whatever, uh, drop top in weird colors. That's a midlife crisis. You getting a fourth wife and starting a whole new family with her and then leaving the rest of your family for her. That's the midlife crisis, Cody. This. It's not, not it. That's not it. Cody says that he feels like Christine is feeling some type of way because now she's in a position where she's on the outside of what everybody else wants to do. But then when they ask Christine, her opinion on that, she's like, no, I understand that in this situation, not everybody gets what you want. We're running on a majority system. Right. And then Janelle says that, um, you go into plural marriage or she went into plural marriage knowing that you have to be like a lot more free, a lot more easygoing, and trusting that somebody has your back. So if they're making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with, at least they're making them hopefully in your best interest. And then Mary says, Hey, not everybody's going to be happy with every decision, but it just comes down to how committed you are. And then Robin says that it can be frustrating um, to bring forth an idea and have it be shot down. And then you have to wonder if your sister wives are really going to listen to what you want and respect it. And I realized that they didn't do any group interviews and that has to be because of Robin, right? Like at this point, Arizona filming protocol should make it so they should be filming. They could safely film together, but they're not. But I think it kind of adds to the whole situation, knowing what we know now that this really is like, a separate family, four different families, three, three families in Mary, Mary and Mosby. <laughs> so Mary lays it down to Cody, pretty plain and simple, and says that the idea of moving back to Utah for her is going to be hell no, dog. No, not doing it. She says that she feels bad because she knows it means a lot to Christine, but she isn't sure. And while she isn't sure, she kind of wonders if maybe Christine feels trapped And then Mary says in a confessional that she doesn't know what's going on with Christine and Cody, but she knows that when she had that breakdown at the property about not being able to see the angels and also like saying, I don't want to be in this marriage with him anymore. Um, that Christine was really hurting. (laughs) Did you pick up on that sis? When she said that I don't want to be with Cody anymore. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit hurt. Um, so then She says, you know, when I was in a really, there was a time when I was in a really dark place and, you know, I took to the internet to get catfished by a woman who said that she was a man and, you know, I will forever have these banana-centric, phallic, uh, suggestive photos on the internet for all time because of it. Um, When I was in that place, Robin really came to me and she was a big support. And even though I haven't talked to Christine about it, I just hope she knows that I can be a support to her. She needs it. Okay, well, text her, girl. <laughs> Seems like a pretty easy way. Like, why don't I... this is a problem with your family culture? Is you're feeling all these like nice feelings? Why don't you share them with her? You know. So anyway, Cody brings up to Mary the fact that the first two years in Las Vegas were pretty hard for Christine, and then he says, "Do you think that now it's even worse for Christine than it was back then?" And Mary's like, honestly, it's not really comparable because when we were moving from Lehigh to Vegas, we had been so used to all being together and then we were separated. But now it's like we're kind of comfortable with being apart from each other. So it's not as big of a deal. And honestly, I think we just all got selfish. And then Mary says in a confessional that it's not like sister wives have to be the best friends, best of friends or hang out all the time, but they have to at least have some kind of relationship with each other. And then Cody continues to skate right over himself and blame all the other wives for ruining the family because it couldn't possibly have anything to do with him. And he says that he's known other husbands and polygamous relationships to have wives that live in different States. And who's to say that it wouldn't work out if Janelle and Robin stay in Flagstaff or Christine went to Salt Lake and uh, Mary went to her air or her bear, not Airbnb, her B and B in uh Parowan Who's to say it wouldn't work? And then they cut to Christine in a confessional who says, being separated by states is not family to me. So Robin says the uh, not at all surprising or shocking thing, which is that even if Cody completely disregarded her feelings and decided to move somewhere, she would follow him anyway. (laughs) Because she would just try and figure it out. I will follow him, follow him wherever he may go. (laughs) Like, sick girl. I mean, there's really nothing that Robin can do. She has really painted herself into a corner with this family. She came into here with all her, like, sexy Victoria's Secret debt uh, from her credit cards and was like, you know what, I'm going to latch myself to this man and use his hair as reins and just ride him like a, horn, a pony until the weird wheels fall off. And I'm going to write some books along the way. I'm going to make some hideous sterling silver, chunky, ugly, ugly jewelry. Ugly jewelry. And I'm just going to stay here. And I'm going to cry. And my neck is... Go- you guys, what is going on with her neck? What is going on? I didn't even notice because, you know, like I'm taking notes and I'm watching the show at the same time, but I noticed some other people mention how thick her neck was. Holy shit, y'all. I didn't realize. <laughs> I did not understand the scope of it. It's literally as wide as her head. Like, honestly, I'm concerned. Is she okay? Is it like a thyroid? I don't think it's a thyroid thing because I think that's just in the middle. It's getting wider. And I don't know what that is, but I feel concerned and shocked. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. I just it's never mind. Y'all saw it. You did, right? Ooh, wow. Anyway, Cody ends up leaving Mary's and in a voiceover he talks about how his relationship with her is actually more amiable, but he's still like not interested in Being in any sort of relationship with her romantically, no desire, don't want to, can't imagine it, no thank you, I'm gonna hard pass on that. He doesn't really know how they can move forward with that sort of situation, even though they are getting along a little bit better. So I don't know, maybe you should tell her. (laughs) Have we tried that? Have you tried telling her? Have you tried telling her that? this poor woman has to disseminate, she has to wait for these shows to come out to figure out what Cody's true feelings are in the same time as we all do really think about that (laughs) think about how bad that is and while we think about that let's take a quick break
1: hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th, Do you want to tell people the big news
0: by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Break. So before I continue, I just wanted to explain for any new listeners what's going on. So Janelle has two sons, and I'm going to say their names for the first and last time. Their names are... I already forgot... <laughs> Gabriel (laughs) and, oh, my God, what is the other one? Garrison. Gabriel and Garrison. Okay. Half of the reason why I'm not going to repeat their names is because, obviously, I don't remember them. But Gabriel and Garrison are Janelle's sons. I call them Goofus and Gallant. Now, Goofus, to me, is Gabriel. Gallant is Garrison. Now, my explanation for that is (laughs) as follows. Both of these boys are doing naughty things. They're kind of out here. They're the ones who seem to be the most in opposition of uh, the family being quarantined and separated from each other. I'm going to give Gallant slash Garrison a little bit more credit because Garrison is out here in the public and in these streets, but he does have a job that requires him to do so. So we can give him a little credit for that. Whereas Goofus is just like, Oh, I have a new girlfriend. I'm finally getting laid. I finally have friends at my college. Like we want to smoke ditch weed with each other and like drink Trulies. And you guys are evil for not letting me do that. And also see all of my siblings. Okay. So that's Goofus. Gabriel Gallant Garrison. Let's move on. So, Um, Goofus comes home to Janelle's house and Janelle explains that college is about to start up again. They're starting a little earlier this year and, uh, Goofus's girlfriend is back in town. So she needs to have a talk with him. So she says, Hey, I know you're seeing your girlfriend again. You're back on campus. I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind staying in the apartment that I have attached to the house for a couple weeks and you just avoid the common areas of the home. Um, So that way maybe we can see Cody because I'm just like trying to follow his rules and yada, yada, yada. So Goofus asked Janelle, okay, well, if dad comes over within the next two weeks, I'm not going to be able to see him. Right. And then we get a joint interview with Goofus and Gallant and Gallant says, Now the summer's winding down. The COVID numbers seem to be lowering. I just don't really understand why we're being so strict still. And then Goofus just straight up says, I don't get why we're quarantined from each other at all. And I think it's stupid. So then Goofus tells Janelle that the only way he can guarantee being able to see his father is if he just gets COVID. Because then there won't be any risk anymore. So he just wants somebody to cough in his mouth already. And so he just get it over with. And then... He says he agrees with being safe, but if he were to get COVID and then recover and that didn't quote change the game, meaning if he still wasn't able to access his father, then that means that the separation wasn't about COVID at all. God, do you remember being like, like a freshman and or sophomore in college and just thinking you're so smart and you say shit like this and you're so dumb. <laughs> I miss him, but you know, you know, janelle in an interview says that cody loves his boys but he just doesn't trust how honest they're being about how safe they're taking this and i agree with cody like clearly (laughs) goofus is doing whatever the hell he wants so i wouldn't trust him either so janelle says to goofus i've tried for a few months to figure things out i don't want to damage any relationships and then goofus says well it isn't damaging to her isn't it damaging to our relationships not to see anybody and Janelle says, yeah, but we can survive that. And Goofus says, well, we can probably survive COVID too. <laughs> so then Goofus almost made me call him outside his name. And by that, I mean, call him what his actual name is. When he asks Janelle, he looks at her and says, so is it Robin or is it dad? <laughs> Fair question. Goofus score one point on the board for you, sir. Fair question. So Janelle's really trying to keep it cute. And she's like, you know, I think it's your dad. And Goofus looks at her like, girl, no, you don't. (laughs) That really killed me. So then Janelle says, no, but like he's been talking to his doctor. And, you know, they've been coming up with all the ideas about what the rules need to be. And then she says, the Cody's an independent thinker. And Goofus says, well, he's also a freedom lover. This doesn't seem very free to me. So Janelle says in a confessional that at this point, Goofus can talk to his dad, but he's at the age where he honestly, if he has to choose between seeing his father and his girlfriend, he should go with his girlfriend because he can deal with his relationship, but like he needs to figure out his own life and his own path. So go with the girlfriend. And honestly, do I agree with that? Um, I mean, sort of because... I feel like this is a very uh, impressionable time for young men. And so he probably should listen to a girlfriend (laughs) more than Cody. But also, I don't know. (laughs) Finally, we see Cody at his house with his wife, Robin, and he's putting tools in the back of his truck and he's talking about how... He's going to go out to Coyote Pass to build a couple more fire pits for the party. So then he, you guys have to notice how he speaks to her. It's like, he really defers to her. And the way he talks to her is like, he's always asking permission. Like, he's always like approaching her very sweetly, like asking questions on an upturn. Like, can I do this? And it's just, like, very gentle with her in a way that we don't see him talking to anybody else. But he asks Robin if, like, please, Mommy, please, can Saul and Ariella come out to the property while we dig this stuff? So, presumably, there are going to be more people there to help Cody. And so Robin gets her, you know, hackles up on her neck and is like, "Uh, I don't know. Is it better that we just avoid this all altogether and not have them go because what if they get there and then they start to get upset and agitated about not being able to do what they want to do. Like maybe it's just safer to just avoid this altogether. And um, then she like mentions how when they had a uh, last season, they had a bunch of birthdays over the course of a couple weeks and how they were doing these like, stop off at the house but be six feet apart birthday parties and how difficult it was for Ariella to not play with Truly because you know they're really the only children left in the house or in the family and she just doesn't want to repeat that again and so Robin basically tells Cody that she would really need the support of the older kids and other moms to basically helps spread out her having to be, like, uh, moaning Martha and constantly complaining to her children to stay apart, stay apart, stay apart, stay apart. apart. She wants to spread the wealth a little bit, so she's not always being the nag. Um, Spoiler alert, that does not come to fruition. Anyway, so then she asks Cody... Cody asked um, if it would be okay because Mary's been so diligent about social distancing. If maybe Mary helped as like nanny and helped with the kids and made sure that they were staying separate. And then Robin's like well, I would be okay with that. But then what if everybody else in the family thinks that we're changing the rules on them and and what's okay, it's okay for Mary to be around us but not them. Like I just don't want to How I just don't. I worry about how this is going to be perceived by other people. So now let me pause and be petty for a minute. Uh, No, I I can't. (laughs) I am not gonna do it. So anyway, Robin says now is not the time to change any rules and upset anybody. So she doesn't want to rock the boat, and you know we'll just see what happens in the future. Then she says that she's been really good about following Cody's guidelines. Because of the fact that if Cody were to be, like, it's not possible for Cody to be separated from her children because Saul and Ariella can't risk being away from him for two weeks like the other kids can. I don't really, listen. <laughs> she really acts like this. Okay, I, I've been wanting to say something and I think it's going to be a really hot take. And I have kind of touched on it before, but I'm just going to say it. And like you guys can either accept it or not. Here's my thing. We've seen a lot of times and a lot of instances in which uh, somebody in the family's children seem to have a lot of anxiety. And they have a hard time accepting change. And they have a hard time adjusting to information And I have noticed that it appears as though one of the parents of these children may or may not uh, be um, encouraging said anxieties because how they treat situations, that they tend to make situations that don't need to be high stress, high stress, and then, you know, we're all left to wonder why it is that her kids, excuse me, somebody's kids are emotional. We'll, we'll put it that way. We'll put it that way because I don't want to blame the kids or be judgmental to children. I'm just saying that I, I can see a, a good through line. Let's just say it between uh, Robin's children's anxieties and the way she handles situations. I get it. And I think we've seen it. And it's hard to say. But I'm saying it, okay? I'm going to be controversial yet brave. And so when she says that they, like, can't afford to be away from him for two weeks, I just feel like that is incredibly dramatic. There are lots of children that can adjust to be away from their parent for a couple weeks, provided they have a functional situation going within their family. Like... It's not going to be the end of the world. Shit happens. Sometimes parents have to be away. Is it ideal? No. Is it like uh, they cannot possibly be away from their parent? I think we're setting up a pretty dangerous dynamic here. You know? Anyway, I feel better now that I said that. So (laughs) Cody explains to us that if they got to a point where the families were just staying at home, they ordered groceries to come to their house. They didn't travel. Then they could all be together. But more than half of the family disagrees with that being the way to go about it. And then he takes out his chopper and lets it just points it right at a couple people really more at Christine than anybody else, because he says, you know, I'm trying to check with my wives to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And then he says, well, obviously, Christine doesn't believe or doesn't agree because um, he obviously Christine doesn't believe that we're doing the right thing because she's been traveling. And then Janelle is sort of back and forth, which I felt like Christine's traveling, but Janelle is, quote, back and forth. I It just feels like, OK, <laughs> Janelle's going cross country to North Carolina that's just as much traveling as Christine is. But why is it Christine doesn't believe because she's been doing whatever the fuck she wants that bitch. <laughs> but Janelle's just back and forth. Okay. But then he says, Mary is obviously willing to quarantine so that she can hang out with Robin and Robin's basically been been sequestered. So basically, why can't the other two, why can't the first two act like the other two? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's like half a point for Mary. Finally, she did something right. So Robin tries to be nice, nasty. And this is what really pisses me off. Cause she tries to be like real tricksy and like ended on a note that makes her seem like she's a nice lady, but really she just laid down some real bitchy bombs. And she says, you know, everybody should have their choice. And, you know, I guess it's their choice that they made, which is, Do they stick to your rules or don't they? And, you know, I guess freedom that everybody wanted was just more important. And that's okay. (laughs) Is it? Doesn't seem to be, Robin. Anyway, um, so now would be a good time to introduce my new segment specifically for Sister Wives. This is an Everyone's Business But Mine ex-Sister Wives exclusive, which is the Sob and Robin Countdown to Tears. Okay, here we are 36 minutes into an hour. The first drop falls when Robin says that when Cody talks like this, it sounds like he's giving up on the family culture. (laughs) And that's really scary to me. And, you know, I'm just like, even though I'm trying to process it, it's just been like really difficult. Uh, that's one uh, shockingly she's only had i think three out of these two episodes which really you know the times they are changing she's really curtailing those tears maybe she doesn't have the moisture to spare anymore like she did like she did in her youth you know <laughs> maybe we're just crying sparingly these days but anyway that's growth Everybody goes out to Coyote Pass and Hunter says that even though he doesn't really like that they have to social distance, he's about to leave his family. So he's just trying to respect his parents' decision about it. Christine says that even though things are weird between she and Cody, she's excited to see the family and she just wants to have a good time. Mary says she's also excited, but as they're all getting ready (laughs) and joining up with each other. Christine realizes that Cody only made three fire pits and says, shouldn't there be one more? But then Mary says, you know, I don't need my own fire pit. It's just me. I'm not going to have a s'more anyway. I'll just hang out with you guys on the periphery like Cody just cast me out to the colonies. And I'll just sit here and be Robin's nanny and just hope that maybe Cody says hello to me this time. So I have some more material for my next interview. So everybody settled down for some s'mores and Christine announces to the family that Isabel is finally able to have her surgery in about six weeks for her scoliosis, something that she has been suffering with for quite some time, but has been in just like perpetual constant pain for four years because her spine is like at a 50% curve. I can't even imagine how she is like keeping herself sane but that's neither here nor there. So Christine tells everybody that Isabel's going to have a four-inch scar around her armpit, and then she explains how the surgery is—you know—usually you put rods in there, in the back, to keep it from curving. But Isabel is going to have this new technology, which are like fiber fibers, just like a bunch of fibers all connected in some way and even though the fibers break it should be there should be enough of them that one or two breaking shouldn't affect her quality of life or you know it should be just like the rods. Ugh. it makes me a little bit squeamish. I'm really happy for Isabel. Just when I hear about surgeries I just like ooh ooh especially like nose and back stuff. I don't know why it hits different with me, but anyway, I'm happy for you girl, truly truly um so they have to go to I think New Jersey Christine has family there so they're going to be out there for about six weeks or quarantine from the family for about six weeks but more importantly in a confessional Christine kind of sheepishly admits that Isabel told her that she wanted to get a tattoo to cover up the scar and she's like you know I, I don't want to say what I said but I told her yes <laughs> it's what did you say, Christine? Hell yes. Heck yes. Don't worry. They'll, they'll um, bleep it out if it gets too too wild, Christine. <laughs> then Christine says, you know, tattoos are really not part of their culture. Cody's really not into them, but she's like, I don't know if Isabel's told Cody, but here's the thing. It really doesn't matter because she's By the time she gets this tattoo, she's gonna be eighteen, and she's not gonna be in the house. So, (laughs) live and let live. Then she says that Isabel's sad that Cody can't come for surgery, which he can, just to be clear. But you know, Robin's made her uh, drawn her line in the sand about how the kids, poor Ariella can't be, or sorry, Ariella can't be gone away from him for two weeks. Um, But. Whatever he's not he's not gonna go. Um, the younger kids start to get a little too close to each other, so they're playing, and it's like Saul, Ari, Truly. They start getting a little too close to each other, and by a little too close, I mean like five feet or maybe four and a half instead of six feet. I'm like trying to give grace to the fact that I'm like trying to go back to you know the rules change all the time, so I'm trying to remember what were the rules in August. I kind of feel like at that point, we had realized. I mean, they're outdoors, you know? <laughs> like, it could be, it's fine. If they end up being four and a half to five feet because they're running and playing uh, for a couple seconds, it's going to be fine, Robin, Cody. It'll be okay. We don't have to constantly be like, Ari, please, Ari, please, Saul, so, farther, uh, truly, farther, farther, please. Robin is really about to like radicalize me to be like a complete anti vaxxer <laughs> with this booster co- coursing through my veins right now. I'm just gonna be like, fuck, fuck social distancing, just despite Robin, because <laughs> she's annoying me. Anyway, um, Christine drops a bomb that secretly she and Janelle have been having these like um, family rendezvous on the low, and that she's been going to Janelle's house, and the producers like. Have you guys been social distanced? She's like, no. We've been inside, we've been hanging out, and we have not been social distancing. And and she says, you know, I had to make a decision between Cody and Janelle. And I chose Janelle. <laughs> Don't blame you, girl. I do not blame you. Then we have to watch this whole scene of Robin playing social distancing police, and uh, she's just truly really going overboard. She says she's getting frustrated because she's the one who's having to wrangle them, even though Mary is, what we see, pretty equally invested in wrangling and and playing with the children as well. She's not alone. She's not alone. Okay. Um, And anyway, Mary says in an interview that, Ari's only four years old. You know, she's trying to play with two people that she never gets to see. She doesn't get to see me. She doesn't get to see truly. She only gets to see Solomon. So, you know, it's just not a normal situation. So Robin ends up screeching her way into Solomon crying about how I'm just trying to stay distance, but I really want to play. And y'all see what I mean? Like, you have now worked him, you've screeched him into a frenzy about doing the wrong thing. And maybe we're just not seeing this footage where they were being egregious and like licking each other's faces. But every single time they were like truly four and a half to six feet away from each other at all points. It was fine. They were fine. (laughs) Okay. They were fine. The amount of screaming that she did and, and, like staring at them like a hawk looking at prey. It was too much, and he got upset. And it's then upset me. Ugh. Okay. Oh, calming breath. <laughs> calming breath. Um. Yeah. She just she she irks. She really really irks. Okay. And with that, let me take a, a little bit of more of a calming breath, and let's go for a break.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well.
0: From there, things really start to take a downturn because Cody starts yelling at the kids because Robin said something to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did totally abandon you on that promise to also parent our children. Sorry. So then he starts yelling, starts yelling at Truly for being five feet away instead of six feet away. Janelle's telling Robin's son Dayton, like, hey, I want to respect your mom. So can you stay a little farther away from my kids? And that really should be the saddest part is that these children are like constantly getting yelled at for having to separate from their own siblings you know of course Mary makes it even sadder Cody makes Mary a s'more hands it to her and then Mary says in an interview that I have to tell you guys a secret I saw Robin telling Cody to make me the s'more but you know what I'm okay with that because he still made it for me oh Oh, no, girl, Mary, Mary, won't you weep? Uh, I mean, like, I... <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks of all these fuckboys in my dating past. And I'm just I'm almost grateful for them, you know, because I wasn't down this bad. I've been down real bad, but not this bad. Not Coyote Passbath. <laughs> and, and thank God for that. You know, there's always a silver lining. Anyway. Um, uh, then a producer asks Robin, did you put Cody up to that? And she's like, ooh, I don't know. Like trying to play coy. Yuck. Anyway. So then Christine says, it's been a long time since they all hung out. Even though it's nice, she was kind of nervous about it. But like once everybody got together, it was just apparently, it was apparent how badly they needed each other and missed each other. Janelle brings up Christmas again. Again, why are we talking about this? It is August, Janelle. (laughs) I hate a bitch who plans too early. (laughs) I really do. So anyway, she brings up Christmas again, how they could possibly work that out. And then Cody makes a comment about how the only reason why they're doing this event is so that he can see everyone. I'm sorry, isn't... What's his face leaving? Hunter? Wasn't that the reason for the (sighs) event? I can't stand this man. Um, So, I'm also a little bit confused about why they haven't utilized this large plot of land the entire summer. They could have been doing these social distance picnics the whole time. So, why did they wait until the end of August (laughs) do this anyway um, so what happens after this Cody suggests that maybe they have Thanksgiving out on the land and everybody's like what are you stupid it's going to be so cold at this point we can't have an outdoor Thanksgiving and then Goofus says that he just feels like there should be no rules for Thanksgiving and Christmas and everybody should just get together COVID precautions be damned The episode ends with another interview uh, with Goofus and Gallant and Gallant says that even though they're one big happy family, they, excuse me, even though they're a big family, they're really close. So what's happened is that he's gotten closer to his siblings, Goofus and Savannah, but it's come at the cost of him not being as close to Christine or Robin's kids. Um, Goofus just hates it. He hates all of this. So then Janelle and Christine are like, like let's just have a moment or, you know, a situation where we don't talk about COVID. But then Cody mentions he's known people personally who have died from COVID. And then Goofus yells, well, yeah, but I've known people who've had it, but have had no symptoms. That's not a point Goofus. Anyway, here comes sympathy train with Cody saying You know, I'm just trying to do the right thing and it's breaking my heart that I've been marginalized to the point where I'm no longer ahead of the house household. (laughs) Let's just like go back to summer of 2020, right? A lot of heated things happened in this country, a lot of protesting, a lot of changes being made. And so I noticed that with this, the summer of woke, a lot of people co opted a lot of like therapy speak, um, you know, verbiage that denotes some sort of element of higher planes of thinking that they don't deserve. So when Cody says that he's. When Cody. white man who seemingly does not have a job because he's just been coasting off the fact that he has a ton of kids and wives for the past 10 years plus tells us America that he has been marginalized by his own family. (laughs) And, and the, the, the cost of that marginalization America is that he's no longer the one who's the head of the household, making the decisions when everybody has to just deal with it. Oh, let the violins play a sad, sad song for the fact that Cody no longer has a strong cult-leg grip over dozens of people. Ugh, isn't that a tragic? Poor, poor thing. And with that, I think we'll. I'll leave you. Let's all reflect and maybe if you want to light a candle and pray for Cody Brown, To possibly get that iron death grip on at least Christine again. You know, take the time and manifest that. You guys have a lovely week. I'll catch you later. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.